The last year or more has been a tough one for all of us and the second wave of COVID-19 has been much worse. To help those affected by the pandemic in India, the podcasting community has come together under the hashtag pod for change banner to raise funds through an exclusive NGO partner, Give India. Join Horns Up and hashtag pod for change as we look to make a positive impact in the lives of those affected by COVID-19. Please visit the link in the description or simply here it is. Make a note of it. It's tinyurl.com stroke pod for change India. I'll repeat that. That's tinyurl.com stroke pod for change India. Remember, someone really could use the help. Welcome to Horns Up, I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And this week we are finally turning the spotlight to one of Death Metal's biggest names, the one and only Morbid Angel. Oh, and did we mention that we're doing it versus style? Yes, we're putting the Florida-based band's debut and, dare I say, most critically renowned album, Altars of Madness, against its third and, dare I say, most popular album, Covenant, against one another in an effort to find out which one of them is better. It may seem like a futile task because it's all excellent death metal at the end, but hey, give us an idea and we'll run with it. Of course, it's versus. So we need a third to weigh in. And I think, Peter, we've successfully punched way above our weight limits this time, haven't we? Definitely. I mean, uh, it, it was one of those crazy things that I had an idea is that, hey, why don't we get him on the podcast and you know, like it always works with us, Anumesh, we just send in an email. But uh, here's someone I'm really glad to introduce on the podcast, someone I kind of, when I got into metal, kept religiously reading his magazine. Uh, Likewise, digital yeah, so, subscriptions. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I, I still remember going down to the bookstore in Canada and kind of buying the magazine. So <laughs> it, it's a real honor and pleasure to introduce uh, Albert Mudrin, welcome to Horns Up. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Animish, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here and to, um, to hopefully execute uh, a Morbid Angel Versus with you guys. Fantastic. So, Albert, before we begin Versus, I have to ask, what's your Morbid Angel story? How did you get into the band? And where do you place them on Death Metal's Hall of Fame at the moment? Because we all know it's very subjective, right? Right. Um, for me, my Morbid Angel origin story uh, goes back to 1991, but it goes to, it, it actually starts with the Hard and Heavy Grind Crusher Special Edition, or not Grind Crusher, the Hard and Heavy Grind Core Special Edition. I don't know if you guys were familiar with the Hard and Heavy video series. It was a uh, 19, early 1990s video magazine so they sold it um at exclusively at record stores and it was a vhs um and hard and heavy was generally uh reserved for kind of the hair metal bands of the era it, it started it started in the mid to late 80s in the heyday of that stuff and generally like you know it was like trickster doc and poison whatever and you know 
they talk to these, you know, shitheads on the LA strip and they're all like talking about partying and there's like, you know, scantily clad, like um, 80s metal ladies circling around them in most of the videos and stuff like that. But for some reason, I don't understand it to this day, they decided to do a, what they labeled a grindcore special, but it was essentially <laughs> death metal um, plus um a couple other bands notably napalm death um and it was a lot of like exclusive interview footage with the bands and they would play some you know they would intersperse like a video clip between the between the um the audio or between the interview footage and it was this this video that my my small circle of friends and i just we worshiped and we wore it out because for us you know, this was 1991, 1992. These bands weren't getting interviewed on MTV. Um, there was, is literally the first time you were hearing these guys talk. You know, you wouldn't, you, you, you know, they were the first interviews you could, video interviews you could see with these guys. So it was this landmark um, uh, piece of, I don't even know what you would call it, I guess promotion, but um, Morbid Angel was the second band on it. And there was a, in retrospect, fairly hilarious interview with David Vincent, um, where he was <laughs> waxing philosophical about many, many, many things. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he was always like very, I don't even want to say he was well-spoken as much as he was a commanding speaker. And when you're like, you know, 16, 17, and he is kind of talking about Satanism and the ideas of not fitting in with society and going your own path, et cetera, et cetera. It was pretty like, it was pretty riveting stuff. Um, not to mention that the video for Immortal Rights was interspersed between that, um, that commentary. So that was like, for me, that's like how I got hooked on Morbid Angel and I went out and got um alters of madness then and that just that just kind of set me off on the path um but as far as you know where they where they rank now um i mean they've certainly had some ups and downs in their mm -hmm. in their catalog um i think they kind of found their footing a little bit with the last one um which Oh man, is it? I can't even remember. What is it? Kingdom Silver. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was like, "What letter are we on?" Shit, what letter <laughs> is it? And I was like, "No, it's not I. It's not J. J was that live thing." Yeah, no, no. So, um, so I thought that was. I thought that was totally solid. And and um, you know, I'm not one of these people who's like all David Vincent era and out far from it. In fact, one of my favorite records is is Formula's Fatal to the Flesh. That's one of my I would, for me, that ranks right behind Alters of Madness and Covenant. I think that record is is fantastic and and just just melts faces every time it it it's it's broadcast. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's kind of a mixed bag with Morbid Angel. It's hard to say what their future is because it's like you know Trey and Tucker and those. The, the, the two musicians they were playing that they were touring with i don't even remember if they're on the record so you know what i mean they don't they don't feel like they yeah. have like like an important role yet in the band 
So it's hard to say where, where, where they'll wind up. Obviously they're not, I wouldn't call them a top five death metal band at this point in their career, but I would say that they're, they're, they made some of the best death metal records ever made. Um, And then some of the ones that might not be in that class, like a, um, like a domination or even blessed are the sick. I mean, but that's, I mean, blessed are the sick probably in that class, but something like domination um, is still, a, you know, that's still a really good record. Um, Gateway yeah. to Annihilation is still a solid record. So it's, you know, make no mistake. It's a very deep catalog. There's just been um, some more uneven stuff over the past 15 years or so. Hmm. Peter, what about you? What's your Morbid Angel story? So, I mean, considering the amount of death metal I listen to nowadays, it's kind of strange that I got introduced to Morbid Angel much later. Uh, and this was a phase again, you know, in, in the mid 2000s where I was getting introduced to all these kind of bands uh, in there. So I think it was somebody who recommended that, hey, you know, you're now like listening to more aggressive, like extreme metal or like thrash metal. Why don't you check out Morbid Angel? And with Morbid Angel, I'm sure uh, you would agree, Albert, there's that whole kind of mystery about them, right? There's that whole kind of perception about them before you hear the band. Mm -hmm. So you always like dive into their discography with some kind of reputation knowing about them uh, and all of that and then you always like you always read about these albums more right so finally so I think I probably heard Blessed Are The Sick first and then kind of uh, went in there but like you said like it's kind of strange I still remember when they released their industrial album (laughs) is that what we're calling it I, 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 I don't know I mean I, that's what I would like to call it. <laughs> but, Their attempt to troll the world. Yeah, like, so, so I had a friend who was like totally into it, right? And he actually bought it on vinyl and all of that. And I was just like, I, I don't know. And this is like before vin- collecting vinyl became the thing. But uh, yeah, like you said, they've had an uneven... So it's, it's basically, if I didn't have a friend who recommended these albums to me, I don't know whether I would have like really got into Morbid Angel, right? What about you, Animesh? I'm curious mm. to know your story. Okay, so um, listeners to the show and Peter, you would know that my introduction to Death Metal was because of Chuck Schalderer and Beth, right? And then after going through that catalog, which I listened to religiously, I went on to uh, not the brutal side of things, but to the other side of things, which is your atheist and your cynic and you know, that line. So ultimately, um, I mean, it's hard to not hear about Cannibal Corpse. But at the same time, in India, weirdly, you don't find Morbid Angel fans. I'll, like when you compare them to Cannibal Corpse fans. Um, eventually, the first song I heard by this band was Where the Slime Live. Yeah. And that song is not the perfect um definition or perfect example of a morbid angel track but to me i thought that the band was into that kind of music so i got uh, domination i heard it i was okay with it didn't really enjoy it but then obviously 
the curiosity has been built and hence you go back and you start listening to the earlier discography and that's how i got into the band um i'm going to be the dick who says for me uh, i'm not a huge morbid angel fanboy um uh, but yeah i think that will help us in this little game of verses <laughs> i i i i i'm already like rubbing my palms together at this point yeah you're an impartial mediator it's good, it's good. maybe maybe <laughs> but just the guy who weighs in with his own opinion without being colored by fanboy talk i don't know right let's see <laughs> okay then as we said before we are pitting alters of madness against covenant a quick fact i of sorts on both albums before we actually get down to opinions and maybe fisticuffs um alters of madness is the band's debut album well if you discount the entire abominations of desolation story that is um alters was released 12th may 1989 which is weird right we're actually celebrating it exactly because this episode is being recorded on 12th may 1989 at least in india at the moment yeah uh, albert you still have to catch up with the times <laughs> <laughs> today depending on which version you're listening to you'll either get 9 or 10 or 13 songs we've taken the 10 song album that uh, clocks in at just under 39 minutes alters was released through combat in america and eurek in europe Covenant is the band's third album and following the mighty Blessed Are the Sick Covenant was released on the 22nd of June 1993 it also features 10 songs which take around 41 minutes to plow through i mean it's good it's 10 songs so that we can do this verses uh, by now the band is on giant in north america and continues with eurek in europe Both albums were recorded at the legendary Morris Sound Studios but yes we'll address it right away Covenant was produced engineered and mixed by Fleming Rasmussen the man responsible for making Metallica's Ride the Lightning Master Puppets and and Justice for All sound the way they do well apart from the bass on and Justice for All that is <laughs> you will yeah, find Lars Lars was responsible for making that sound like that. exactly exactly and I'll never forgive him for that You will find founders David Vincent, Troy Astor, and Pete Sandoval on both albums. Though Alters also features Richard Brunel on guitars as well. Uh, that's a truncated factoid list of sorts to introduce both albums. And here's how this discussion will work: We'll first pit one song from both the albums against each other in the order of their appearance. That's why it's crucial that we pick the ten-song version of Alters to go against the ten-song Covenant. Then we'll talk about the album's overall feel or vision. the artwork the production and the legacy we'll put in our votes and all of this will hopefully help us objectively arrive at a clear winner so albert and peter let's do this yeah get get fired up that spreadsheet animation <laughs> <laughs> let's have added with songs number 1 immortal rights from alters of madness versus rapture from covenant peter why don't you start this one off Okay so I'm I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to keep repeating these things unfortunately but come on man with Alters of Madness the entire album if you don't listen to it like start to finish it just kind of messes up with that experience because it's just in your face and like Albert said right like face melting and especially when you listen to it as a young kid and you've not you have no like background it's just like when you hear immortal rights it just hits you in the face repeatedly and 
I think I might have heard grind a few grindcore bands prior to this, but when I heard the drums on this, I mean, mm. this is like some next level. Like I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, how is he playing this kind of stuff? And also the guitars, man, because it's just like going at it. There's no like, how do I say? Like, if if you listen to like any pop or rock or things, that there is like a big breath or a pause. This is nothing of that, right? This is like straight up on immortal rights. Uh, similarly, so like. It, rapture is a good song but then like you literally see like two kind of different sides of the band uh on immortal rights and rapture right and you know this is me all these years later listening to it i'm just like wow like how, how did these guys kind of go so fast right in like a few years they kind of just their sound and even though it's recorded both at morris town you can actually tell and i, I mean unfortunately i'm listening it to uh, to it on streaming and despite you know yurek releasing the fdr version and all there is a visible difference in the entire sound but also the energy so having said all of that my pick is uh, immortal rights yeah mm. albert your turn well uh i'm going to go in a different direction with that uh for for me Immortal Rights is my introduction to Morbid Angel, so it obviously has a kind of a deep personal connection that I can't really shake. Um, and it, n- under normal circumstances, it would make it difficult um, to contextualize it beyond that and just kind of be a little more objective about the the, the song and the recording. But that's that's when it isn't up against Rapture, which happens to be one of the best death metal songs I have ever heard in my entire life. That song, God damn it, that song. That song is to me such a uh, incredible representation of what death metal can achieve. It is, the way it is constructed, and you you will hear all of these extreme metal musicians who maybe border on um okay they don't border on it they cross their head they dive head first into pretension a lot of these dudes they would tell you that their music is very classical sounding or it's inspired by classical <laughs> music and you just roll your fucking eyes like oh, yeah okay great great but when you listen to the arrangements on rapture i actually hear that i can i can i can understand where that's coming from um and that is just not something that I ever kind of number one nothing I ever expected would come out of death metal and number two not something I expected that I would appreciate on such a on such a level um you know you want to go you want to go like the tail of the tape and talk about the production of it um and obviously we would have to do this we'll have to do this each time in some ways but man what Fleming Rasmussen was able to bring out of them in a song like that um i think like you know his his ability like to 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 present everything where i can hear the guitars i can hear the drums like there's this there's the separation of it where it isn't a blur even though sandoval and trey are fucking flying on those songs and david vincent's voice 
like for me for me covenant is where he is at his best where mm. they where he's going deeper but still enunciating and hasn't kind of crossed over into that uh semi-professional wrestler delivery thing that he had going on like by the time <laughs> we got to the end of his morbid angel tenure um so yeah for me i just obviously these these are two of the best songs morbid angel have ever written but i just think that rapture is a high water mark for the band it might be my favorite morbid angel song ever so it's you know it's just it just to me it's immortal rates is in the wrong place at the wrong time up against rapture let's just put it that way <laughs> so it comes to the layman with his perspective <laughs> to break this gridlock of sorts and the layman has this to say uh here's the thing right when you pit these two songs against the other they both are fantastic album openers however immortal rights sounds fresh rapture sounds focused immortal rights had me going what is this band and rapture has me going oh it's morbid angel and they're fighting <laughs> back as albert said i prefer the vocals and i prefer the brutality on rapture but i'm going to give my vote to immortal rights because it had me going holy shit what is this band and i think that's the x factor that rapture doesn't have immortal mm-hmm. rights will get a new fan in rapture will make that fan go fuck yes so for me i'm going to give it to immortal rights for this one <laughs> okay <laughs> we're off to a good start i can see oh, yeah. that this one is going to be a good episode good discussion let's move on to tracks number 2 altars of madness has suffocation and covenant has pain divine let me just straight out say this as a bass player fucking yes bass solo on suffocation and the riff that follows it is so fucking fun it's it's bouncy as shit it's I, I wouldn't expect that from a band like Morbid Angel on first listen. Um, Pain Divine, it's intense, right? And but at the same time, it's so straightforward that for me, I'm giving it a suffocation. Peter, where do you stand on this? I now you know it's it's strange, and I think it's just the whole aspect of me revisiting this album, but. it's like i said uh, earlier on also right it's just when you listen to these tracks back to back like if i heard these albums completely separate it would be different when you hear the exactly. track to track exactly it 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 makes you kind of wonder and it it shows a stark difference and for me like you, while you said you found pain divine like you know focused and preci- i found suffocation like the precise track in there it's just like and uh, I, i don't know i mean may, maybe it's me being me at this time uh in there but i am very partial to like heavier stuff like suffocation uh and i don't know maybe it was in the mix i'm going to like find a different mix but the mix i heard for pain divine uh on streaming was i think it was the fdr one the drums it it kind of, there is something different on there right with the fdr version correct me if i'm uh, wrong albert that's the full dynamic range version yeah um 
man, I haven't. I'll tell you a I, secret. I don't stream any. Um, I don't stream any earache releases because I don't want to give them any money. So I just listen to the. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just listen to the rips of the CDs. So I can, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you, Peter. So, so you. you <laughs> So I'm guessing you're not a fan of the FDR or and all of that, right? I don't get there now. No. Okay. Okay. I but mean, for, if... for me, just kind of listening back to back, and that that's what I found kind of strange, right? And I'll address it in later tracks. It just seems like in the first couple of tracks, I don't know what is up with the mix or what they've done in there. But I was struggling. Like I was struggling to listen to this track. But um, hmm. so yeah. Uh, Peter, you should definitely listen to the original version. Find I'm, I'm it on thinking. streaming because, oh my god, like yeah, Pain yeah, Divine sounds fucking yeah. Wow, so I, I think it's also uh, partly that. But having having said that, since my pick is Suffocation, Albert, you want to go I'll for make it? this easy? Make, we'll go three for three. And uh, as awesome. Animus pointed out, to start fucking bass break, man. <laughs> like that, like when I think, because like the, you just say that song and it's the first thing that comes into my mind. Boom, 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 exactly. And I, I think that that's like this, this, the thing about um, Alters and Madness in general is that it's still not really a pure death metal album. You know, it, it, it's there's enough material on it that was written years prior that was kind of reshaped into a death metal mold, whether it was just, you know, getting faster, vocals getting more guttural, getting more intense, just a, a, over a period of time as, as, as death metal um, became more of an established genre in the late 90s, uh, that was something, you know, that you can... You know, and we'll go through this with other songs that we'll discuss the death metalizing of some some of the tracks yeah. that were definitely thrashier um, from, you know, Abomination's uh, era, Morbid Angel. But I think Suffocation um, still has that kind of, I, there's still a bit of a thrash vibe to the presentation of it, which I really like the, you know, a, a sound, like if you, if, if you took that song out of context, um, and people didn't know who Morbid Angel were, and you just kind of played them that song. They might just say, "Oh, this is kind of death thrash." I don't know if this is death metal. You know, I don't know if this is yeah. death. Metal. Yeah. Where where Pain Divine is kind of a death metal steamroller track, um, without it being, you know, it's not super exciting, but it's not laborious at any point either. It really is like it's it has all the hallmarks of a, of a really solid death metal song. And I think it is. And I think it works really well as a, as a nice come down for me anyway, after rapture on the record. So it mm. certainly serves its purpose. Um, and I think it also stands on its own. Um, and I believe it was a song that they were playing live again, not, not too long ago. They maybe even played it on the decibel tour if I went back and checked it out. But I do remember that, seeing it with in the past few years make its way back into the set and i thought that was kind of interesting because it wouldn't have been something that i would have normally expected to to reappear like that but it's certainly a good song but the edge i think is clearly clearly the suffocation on this one 
nice. We have our first four yeah. three strikes. That's good, I guess. Uh, we'll find <laughs> out. Let's move on to track number three. Uh, visions from the dark side on altars versus world of shit on Covenant. And Albert, I'd like you to kick this one off. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, World of Shit, The Promised Land for a second, um, which is kind of the first tempo change mm-hmm. uh, in a major way on on either of the records um, where they kind of start slinking back a little bit into some of the the stuff that got them in trouble with the purists on... Um, Less it the sick, yeah. Yeah. The, the slow album, as it were, as it as as it was criticized, <laughs> at the time, um, which is you know clearly a misrepresentation of what that record was and, and, and accomplished. But that was one of those moments that was, uh, or world of shit is one one of those moments that kind of harkens back to that of a band, those first steps of a band kind of expanding their sound um, a bit and playing with the tempos but again you know there's there's a blast section on it that's ridiculously fast and it's yep. a super song um and you know on the other hand you know visions from the dark side is a is a you know it's a great morbid angel song it's on altars of madness so it's great <laughs> <laughs> you know it's you just like it, there's there's no there's nothing weak about that record but I don't, I don't think it's one of those songs that has kind of resonated in the way that maybe other tracks from, from the record have. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I heard them do that one live, you know, as, as, as an example. Um, so I think that just to to try to try, try to be fair and to try to i think you know maybe this isn't the best way to do it but i think that if you're looking for some balance and looking also at the two songs individually but in the context of the record uh i think i give the edge to world of shit here um just because i think it has a dynamic approach that maybe um visions from the dark side lacks Hmm. Peter. So, can I address the part that suddenly in visions in the middle, there's a blah, and I was just like, what? <laughs> when I was listening to it, I was like, what's going on out there? And I, I totally agree with what you were talking earlier, right, Albert, about how this album, if you think about it, and I'm guessing that's part of its appeal to me uh, now, is that it's not like a pure death metal album there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like thrash uh, elements uh, in there Uh, even towards the last minute I don't know if if you guys felt it but there was like a bit of like a black metal-ish riff that they had on uh, Visions uh, which which is kind of neat in there Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah the the pace really kind of makes sense uh, in there and when you're kind of going with the album in terms of world of shit, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still sticking to visions uh, from the dark side as my uh, pick because I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that Peter doesn't pick any songs from Covenant before. I <laughs> <laughs> I I I I know Albert already has seen this through. 
ஒரு <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah yeah of course and and i think that that's one of those things i mean the next song actually is where i'm coming at but sure go ahead <laughs> already already cool so let's get into song number 4 maze of torment from altars versus covenants vengeance is mine peter since you brought it up man start. so 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 like when you come into vengeance is mine right you actually see them picking up uh, the pace and I, i don't know none of us have kind of uh, talked about it but have you guys like noticed the solos on covenant right like they're so different compared to, uh, to altars of madness it's just like kind of i don't know when i was reading about it it's like you know trey took uh, inspiration from pink floyd just kind of like letting it rip uh, in there did you guys read that but no i haven't read that story I thought yeah. of it as basically Morbid Angel going, holy shit, we are sick and tired of the Slayer comparisons. Yeah. We play much better. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, so like, I mean, for me, th- this is also uh, on Maze of Torment. Pete Sandoval is on fucking fire, man. Like the pace that he's drumming at. uh if, if for as if i was a young kid listening to this all over again i would have probably been like i want to play drums uh there that kind of uh, kind of showcase he's putting on in there and i really enjoyed also when i was i'm just making looking at my notes the solo in uh, vengeance is mine like that that's something i really enjoyed but uh, yeah this is a tough because like the pace of both tracks is kind of the same and i don't know why animesh is laughing i'm laughing because you're clearly going to go with maze of torment aren't you <laughs> i albert has kind of predicted my picks for the rest of them <laughs> <laughs> try and so, be as pc as you want but yeah <laughs> i'm okay I'm no like, wait, wait, wait. at both aspects of the <laughs> sure 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 go, i'll go. weigh in on this uh yeah well sorry but i'm going with maze of torment as well it's and i'll i'll tell you why two parts of the song that i really 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 enjoy uh one of the riffs that come in or the bit that comes in just after the second solo and the other one is the outro which is so evil right like it's 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 unnerving with the whole slow and fast and slow and fast that's happening it 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 again to me uh as a song is more interesting than vengeance is mine which just basically is it's it's like if i were to visualize vengeance is mine i would i would liken it to a butcher who's been told to slaughter 50 goats in 15 minutes 
so all he can do is just go dop 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 it's that consistently heavy all throughout right so for me that makes maze of torment the far more interesting track and which is why i'm going to go with that of course not to mention the <laughs> <laughs> yeah who doesn't love a good vocal hit yeah. albert are you I'm, with us i uh, i am 100% with you both um <laughs> and not just because of evil deeds maniacal laughter um i think his uh i think his maze of is also a, a highlight <laughs> on not just the song and the album but just on you know late 80s death metal in general now it's it's there's a couple really easy decisions in this and this is one of them <laughs> um you know don't get me wrong vengeance is mine is ripping it's on covenant Covenant doesn't have any duds either. It's why you know. Yep. It's why this exercise is what it is. Um, but Maze of Torment is. It's one of, in my mind, three songs from uh, Alters that are indisputably iconic. And, um, you know, Immortal Rights was one of them. This is another, and and we'll get to the 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 third shortly um but yeah this to me it's just it's just one of those it's it's one of the highlights of the record it is super intense it's super catchy um it's movements the the swells to sandoval's blast beats um i i and i mean i don't know man i just have like i have memories of you know interviewing trey and david for choosing death like a billion years ago mm-hmm. and um, like trying to get the stories out of them about, you know, the early days, the pre, the pre altars days. And I just remember uh, David telling me the stories about how, you know, Pete learning how to play drums, like that he would like, that he would just sit behind his kit for hours and hours and hours while like they were gone for the day at work and just work on his footwork and his speed. And like from where he was when he joined the band, I guess in 87 to where um, he was when they recorded that in 89. That's like one of those songs that I, in my head, like I apply that story to. Cause I just, I think it's probably, it's probably a very, acute example of the work that he put in and, and how it paid off because i mean the the blasting is ridiculous and it's definitely one of the um w- one of those things where where you know you talk about like those oh shit this is death metal moments and that song is, is one of those and i mean yeah so i'll, I'll shut up it's 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 maze of torment very easily Fantastic. No, I, I, I love these stories because like reading your books is part of the reason why we kind of got you in there on this episode. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, let's move on to tracks number five, Lord of All Fevers and Plague versus Lion's Den. And I'm, I'll, I'll let me kick this one off because I'll keep my views extremely short. Uh, the only part of Lion's Den that 
that genuinely interested me was the second half that kind of begins at two minutes fifty three seconds around. Yeah, that that part, just that interlude. That's my biggest takeaway from that song. However, weirdly enough, uh, what I enjoyed really on Lord of All Fevers and Plague wasn't the music as much as as much as it's the lyrics and the vocal mm. lines itself. Please educate me. What the hell is he saying in that chorus? I think is it really it, like 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 I don't know. There's no there's no relevant information on the internet either. Isn't it a, a Sumerian chant? Because he's was repeating it, right? Yeah. That, yeah Maybe I it's that. I, I honestly yeah. I don't know. Like I've seen forum discussions where somebody mentions that it's uh, to summon the old Sumerian gods, and everybody yeah. else is going like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it's. A, I think it's an old school Sumerian chant. And again, the, you 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 kind of you talk about this mysticism that surrounded the early morbid angel stuff, this, this kind of magical appeal that perhaps deicide lacked. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so like, yes, I just forced you to like, Hey, this is what the song is about. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, th- there's no, there's no room for interpretation with, with exactly. deicide. Um, but no, this song, man. Yeah. I, I, I agree that it is just the, the David's delivery and the cadence and how odd it is to attempt to sing along to these lyrics and how much fun it really is. I mean, I'm sure they weren't thinking fun, but man, (laughs) like that's, um, that's an element that, that is uh, rarely attributable to death metal. Um, And, and yeah, I mean, I'm with you with, um, you know the lines then it's totally solid and there's moments where like the second half where it kind of kicks in in a lot of ways i i agree that's like where my i kind of like you know i perk up like oh yeah this song's pretty awesome um but those um those unique elements that lord of all fevers and plague have that you don't get out of most death metal songs it's pretty it's pretty easy to to lean that way on that one too so mm. so we'll peter like, of course this is going to be a home run right because let peter do the hat trick here yeah 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 <laughs> i mean like i i could when you when you were talking about those parts it still played in my head uh the vocals and and that's the thing about this track right i mean like everyone talks about you know on altars of madness it's the drums it's the guitars and stuff like that this is one of those vo- uh tracks where the vocals actually for you are memorable and you can talk about and remember uh, much later but uh, yeah I, I think let's move on to the next one <laughs> already already five cool. for five he's five, five for, for five. five he's five for five <laughs> righty. tracks number six we've got Chapel of Ghouls from Altars of Madness versus Blood on My Hands from Covenant Peter take this one off is it going to be six for six for you yeah, I I don't I don't know. Like my my notes actually, I don't know why. I I'm just looking at what I'd written, and for me, I didn't really enjoy much about uh, blood on my hands. But what I did really enjoy, and I think this is something that they introduced different, is I I don't know if you've read this up, but it's like these synth parts that they've got mm-hmm. on uh, Chapel of Ghouls that kind of play uh, in the background in there, and then. 
add more to that kind of atmosphere to the track okay uh, so is is that synth i don't know is i, I, I this is the normal oh, yeah yeah that that yeah yeah so yeah. that that was where like they did something different uh on the album really right uh in terms of the sound mm. uh, albert you want to go next yeah i i mean i want to defend uh blood on my hands for a second cuz i think that's actually a really good song and yep. is one of um david's best vocals and one of his better vocal hooks on the record i think it's one of the more memorable um sing along like there isn't really a chorus in it but like when the, you get to that end break where he you know clearly growls blood on my hands and it kind of shifts into that end mid-pace riff that just crushes um like that rules but this is the other this is the third of what i think are three iconic songs from this album um in in um chapel of ghouls from um from altars that's just you can't fuck with that song that's just don't even don't like i think that's probably the first death metal song that i knew all the lyrics to hmm. you know in terms of if you want to talk about a catchy song um i yeah i that's definitely that i mean i knew all the i still know all the words to that song and there's like for as much as i like death metal there's probably not a ton of those songs that i can sing along every word to <laughs> now that i think about it um and yeah that's i mean you know go, going back to and like the, the evolution of that song when you when you listen to the um abominations version um with um with browning um like i mean it sounds cool it's still like that that original version still holds up and when I saw Nocturnus AD um, at MDF, I don't know how many years ago, probably six or seven at this point, it's all a blur. There were a lot of MDFs, been to a lot of MDFs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like and they, they played that and it was like, it was, it was, it was great. Cause it sounded just like the abominations version. It was, sloppy and messy and they fucked it up at the start and had to start it over like 20 seconds in it was great <laughs> um and then when you listen to the alters version and just just the what a killer catchy like just iconic track and uh, yeah i don't that to me that's like the that's their that's the moment from that record where it's just like it's really clear that this band is not like other death metal bands, mm. you know, like where, where it, where you really see who they are, what they're capable of. Um, to me, I think, I think it's the best song on the record. Um, and again, sorry, blood on my hands. You're very good, but you don't have a prayer here. Mm. <laughs> Okay, so here's uh, you. You spoke about the synth, right, Peter? And and that's 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 literally what had me going about Chapel of Ghouls because um, here's my take on it. Like for a listener who's listening to that album today, without any perspective of what happened earlier, um, I'm sure Chapel of Ghouls uh, for the time that it was released in 
it lives up to the horror that the name conjures, right? Today, because of the sins, it sounds like a Halloween decoration or something that you might play to, you know, set up the mood to being scary. Having said that, having said that, uh, blood on my hands for the other matter, uh, while listening to both the songs repeatedly, I prefer blood on my hands while listening to it. But I, again, give more points to Chapel of Ghouls because yes, it's iconic. And I think that's because of the ambience that it manages to conjure. It's because of the atmosphere. It's because of the sense. It's because of how scary it, it wants to sound and it ties in. I think it does a good job of it. And yes, it's, it's, it's signature. I mean, it is unfucked with the bull. Yeah. Also, it mentioned Satan. So yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. It's a hat trick. It's a hat trick. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So now it's time for tracks number seven. We've got Bleed from the Devil from Altars versus Angel of Disease from Covenant. And I'm going to start this one off again. Being a part of the of a hardcore band, I love the fact that Angel of Diseases, uh, sorry, Angel of Disease starts off with the D-beat intro. Yay, hardcore. It's full-on hardcore. Uh, <laughs> they also mentioned Blood of Tingo, right? That's awesome. And places, and the bass is actually doing so much more than just coloring within the lines, right? And the fact that you can actually hear it and the fact that the band allows you to hear it, yay. <laughs> <laughs> also i love the outro mindfuck with hardcore and the slow groove together it's 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 a it's it's almost like a formula or a signature of sorts that you're that you expect from a morbid angel album right considering this is the third album and i've done it before um but yeah it, it manages to work yet again um the only thing i'll say is i love the intensity and the brutality for bleed for the devil but i found that it was a tad bit too much so yeah, it's very clear for me. This one, Angel of Disease, hands down. Who can tell me that I'm wrong? Peter? Let, let me put this. Did you think that like the track was ending at like the four minute mark? <laughs> at that point, you're like, okay, this track's done. And you're waiting for the next intro to come in or something. And suddenly it just continues. Exactly, there. right? That's why I said it's such a mindfuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean... I'm I'm now gonna keep repeating myself in there. You know what my pick is. That's why I spoke about Angel of Disease first. But okay. uh, the mid-paceness, I don't know. Albert, please please tell me more and please tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew it was coming. Because <laughs> you're 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 picking bleed for the devil over angel of disease. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing. Angel of Disease is so much more of an Altars of Madness song than Bleed for the Devil is. Angel of Disease, like, you know, obviously its roots go back to Abominations. It's one of those, it's, it's, it's an earlier Morbid Angel song. Um, and it's one of the, you know, they were re, re they would re-record tracks um from their early days on 
obviously on altars, on blessed, on covenant, and then again on formulas fatal to the flesh. And that era of the band is so oh man. There's just there's just, there is just such this mystical fucking vibe to that period of like 1986 morbid angel even 87 morbid angel when you get into the thy kingdom come demo um but the way they're able like generally speaking when a band re-records something i am out i am not on board with it but the fact that they managed to to somehow capture that and transport it to the present day um with angel of disease in particular and that just like you know, that's a, that's a thrash song, man. That's not really a death metal song. It's a thrash song. Trey's vocals on it are like totally fucked up and Trey ish in every manner possible. Um, it's so catchy. It's so hooky. And like the weird parts where it like goes from the like, main riff to like the melting lava solos that he just like just like works in there and then back out into the riff and then into the melting solo like that doesn't make any sense at all and it rules because of it and you know bleed for the devil is good it's solid it's really good but it's not one of the it's not one of the highlights of um of alters in my opinion Whereas, you know, Angel of Disease is a classic Morbid Angel song that was repurposed for this record and done well. Most fans hadn't heard it um, previous to that. Um, and those of us who, you know, I knew people who hadn't heard it and they didn't understand that song. It's like, cause that song just doesn't really fit I mean, it, it fits in the record when you listen to it contextually, but like, mm -hmm. if you're like, you know, which one of these songs isn't like the other songs on the album? That's the one that you, yeah. you pick. Um, but I just think that I just think it makes the album stronger for it and makes it more dynamic. And I just, man, I can't say enough about songs like Angel of Disease, Chapel of Ghouls, um, from I mean, Thy Kingdom Come, and from um, Formulas, Covenant of Death. Like, you know, I if Morbid Angel ever want to play a special set at a decibel event and they don't, by the way, but if they did, I'd be like, you know what? Don't do an album. Just do all those fucking songs. Like do all that. Like, just let me hear all, let me hear like 50 minutes of, of that and have my brain melted and my soul eviscerated simultaneously. Um, okay. I'll shut up about Angel of Disease, but it's Angel of Disease. Yeah. No. So just, just to, kind of try and try and bring this into context while listening to both tracks it's very clear and very it's it's crystal clear how much fun the band seems to be having on angel of disease i don't get that vibe from bleed for the devil anyways let's move on to track number eight which is damnation from altars versus swan to the black from covenant albert start this one off for us sworn to the black Sworn to the Black is, <laughs> that is, man, that's, to me, that's the, like, that's the last, like, high water moment of Covenant for me. Like, that's, like, 
that to me in a lot of ways should have been the closing song on this album mm. um and I'm, i don't want to i'm not ready to disparage what comes after that track just yet um but that's that that song is a total crusher it is a total catchy death metal steamroller in it is in it's one of it's the other song that's kind of in the mold in my in my estimation of, of rapture it's like kind of a sister song to rapture um so for me obviously i it, i it connects and appeals to me greatly in that in that respect um you know damnation is solid um but it's there there i've always felt that there's a little bit of a lag on the second half of alters peter control yourself i know you you ready to you're ready to no no ready I, to lash I, out you're ready to lash out i can feel it no no but <laughs> <laughs> but i do think that there that the that the level dips a little bit and then and it's not because those songs aren't good they're everything on alters is, is good but alters is a top heavy record in my in my opinion where the best stuff is within like the first five or six tracks so what comes after it just only suffers by comparison on its own. It's really, really good. Um, but then, and you know, maybe that's part of the reason why I, I lean towards sworn of the black sworn of the black on this one, but yeah, I go sworn. I, I completely get what you're saying because damnation, I feel it suffers from the problem of plenty or just similarity. You've heard so much stuff earlier that, you feel that Damnation is a run-of-the-mill song. Yes, solid, but eh, not a highlight. Whereas Swan to the Black, even though it's more of the same, it still feels cohesive. It feels focused. It feels like it's written for a purpose. And which is why Swan to the Black is my pick as well. Peter, come on, lash out at us. <laughs> I don't know why. Like this is one of the tracks I've made notes for everything, but I just have nothing written for this except saying that okay, it's damnation. So I don't know why I picked. I can't remember. Sorry, guys, brain fart moment. But I just, if if I may ask you, Albert, mm. the reason you said like you know it's a top heavy track, and this is just a theory of mine. Please feel free to uh, kind of blitz it to the ground or whatever. Is it part of, say, because of the way or the format that music was released back then? Like, we're listening to it, of course, now on streaming or CDs. But back then, it was put on records, right? So you had, like, side A, side B. Whereas here, we're just looking at it as 10 tracks. Is that, would you would you say, one of the reasons? No, I, not for me personally. Um, because I was consuming media at that time on CD um by the time i by the time i had because like i had this record in 1991 i wasn't buying um much vinyl at that time at all it was almost all cd um with a, probably a few cassettes mixed in back then still um so i still it was still definitely like you got to the you know you got to the you spent time with the full record because um because number one you know you were a 16 year old who liked morbid angels. So nobody else, you didn't have to worry about anybody else wanting to talk to you. So you would have plenty of time by yourself to, to appreciate these albums. Um, 
And, you know, number two, you made an investment in these records that like a, an actual monetary investment, you spent 16, $17 on a CD. So wow, you, were you-, going to, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you were going to dig in to that shit. It wasn't going to yep. just be like, oh, this is, you know, this sounds pretty good. I'll check out more of this later. No, this was just like, this is, this is the only thing I'm listening to for the next three weeks until I have another, you know, 20 bucks to, to get to the mall and get a, a CD. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so now I, I, not for me in particular with the way I was consuming media. Um, I think it just, like I said, I, I, those, the, the three songs that are just like, just pillars of, underground death metal that are on this record um i just think that that it it makes it maybe a little harder for the the second half to stack up against it and again it isn't necessarily because they're bad songs they're really good songs and super memorable and i have listened to them probably like well over a hundred times um it's just like i said I, i just think it's just a little top heavy but I don't know how you avoid it other than just saying, okay, maybe we'll maybe flip the track listing of evil spells and chapel of ghouls, but I don't think that necessarily solves anything, you know? Mm. So wait, Peter, which one are you going for on this? I, I, I said damnation, but I don't have any notes for some reason. Here, I'll, <laughs> give I'll give fine. you a note. I'll give you Damnation <laughs> is the one on Altars of Madness, so you went with that. That's, exactly. That's, that's your note. <laughs> okay, so coming up to the penultimate tracks here, you've got Blasphemy on Altars versus Narmataru. Yeah, did I say that right? On Covenant. Yeah. Um, I, okay, so... Obviously, this one you can't really compare. If you, yeah, I was just wondering how right? we're doing it. Also, yeah, this is yeah, the one so, unfair one that we have to. to yeah, to, so to yeah, th- this is an unfair one. So let me put it into perspectives. I compared, I ended up comparing or drawing parallels with the samples on both tracks. Or... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, what are the bullets for? What's the singing bowls for? Because to me, weirdly enough, the samples were the most enjoyable part of Blasphemy. And <laughs> for what it's worth, I really dug the atmosphere on uh, Narmataru because, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's, it, sets up, uh, it sets up a story that they're trying to tell with the last right. song, right? And it does it perfectly. So it's, again, fit for purpose. Which is why I'll end up going for Narmataru. Though that doesn't make any sense because Blasphemy is actually a song. It is. It is, but I, it, I, think, it, I think it makes some sense in, in the context. If you're in the context of the record and like you said, what it's setting up for, what comes next, it works really well. And again, I think, I think Blasphemy is great, but it, again, it's one of those songs that's on the back half of altars that isn't chapel of ghouls um so it's gonna suffer by comparison i am but i'm still i would i i understand and appreciate your logic but i probably still head to head just just default to blasphemy because i'm fucking no it is a song 
I get it. It qualifies as a song. Hey, on on Spotify, they'll still get money for everyone who streams <laughs> Narmataru, right? <laughs> so because it's more than thirty seconds. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's blasphemy for you, right? I just wrote my notes. Are you saying are we even considering this okay. <laughs> comparison cool. in there? <laughs> cool. We'll 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 just move on to the last tracks. Uh, then tracks number ten: Evil Spells from Altars versus God of Emptiness from Covenant. Peter, kick this one off. Can we please talk about the vocals on this track? On which track? <laughs> on God of Emptiness. Sure. I was just like. and and it took me by surprise right because by by the end of this album you think you know they've done there and then you've got those vocals how, how would you classify those vocals the second vocals that come in like i i've written like vo type it's like some a voice over of sorts hmm <laughs> or like an evil voice over kind of talking over it so he, 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 here's my take the vocal lines and that's the way the song is right even though it's the least morbid angel but it is so morbid angel because it's 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 fucking unnerving to listen to like if you if imagine this you're listening to god you're listening to narmataru followed by god of emptiness in a dark abandoned house somewhere with only your headphones you are going to probably have the scariest night of your life it manages to do that it's unnerving as fuck so before you even say a word i'm going to go with god of emptiness And now, Peter, make your case <laughs> for evil spirits, for evil spells. I I I say that you know what they still uh, and this is what I've written. It's they still got gas left in the tank. Like at this point, you think that you know what they're just gonna like let it go. And I I do like the solo uh, that's in the middle of the track. Mm. So that's that's what I've got, Albert. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is why I love fucking discussing metal. <laughs> I, I, I think that the way that God of Emptiness is constructed, it's really easy to put the emphasis on David Vincent's vocals because they're different from death metal. But do not lose sight of the sick fucking riff that Trey. is laying down mm. song that riff that riff just destroys man that's like him like everything that they tried to do with the mid pace stuff on covenant or not or on damnation on domination that didn't quite work like that's it all working in that moment like on um on on god of emptiness i absolutely love the twisted mid-paced riff of that song and the outro riff i just i mean i have a i have a real soft spot for doom and death doom and there's when i hear that i definitely hear some elements of that not that not that trey had heard any bands that sounded goddamn thing like that when he wrote that and there's absolutely no way he was influenced by it but i can hear like in my head like the parallels of the way it's constructed um and why it, it appeals to me in the way that a lot of that stuff appeals to me um that said evil spells fucking rules too um and it's another one of those abominations holdovers so it gets it gets some 
extra points just for that and that feel and that vibe and that like again the the, the death meddling of a thrash song because that's what that is ultimately um it's catchy it's a little bit of an awkward chorus in the way the riff just kind of like almost falls down some stairs as it's being played um but all of that said i think i just even though god of emptiness is fairly ridiculous and i have um i have a vivid memory of watching them at a scion rock festival with my friend kevin sharp formerly of brutal truth and just basically watching him mock <laughs> the delivery <laughs> of like, like side of stage, like just like like a cat i'm stalking like he was literally <laughs> doing this <laughs> so like that is you know that's the war that's going on inside my head with knowing that trey is like laying down this fucking sick like mid-paced <laughs> riff that is not getting the attention it deserves because of this um <laughs> Uh, but I'm still going God of Emptiness. I, I, I think like I'll never be able to like now listen to that song without actually me seeing you do this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's a visual that we'll keep. So um, what's clear is that at the moment, Peter, you've just straight ahead picked out almost, yeah. You, like yeah, like Albert no, called it. One single. What's weird is, what's weird is. Despite that. Both, yeah, no, 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 no. Not despite that. So, <laughs> right, we are we 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 assigning points to this, man. I'm assigning points. Uh, but what I would like to bring out is uh, top heavy of altars and bottom part of covenant. <laughs> that is at the moment the in terms of the songs however uh if it's you not just go about the songs. points right if you go by the points damn like because of you just not picking anything from covenant <laughs> it's all this madness has has 20 points versus covenant's 10 Mm. I thought it would be the opposite. <laughs> like both of you would outweigh me. In a way. <laughs> let's see. Okay, let's see. So that's that's as far as the song versus song goes. Let's quickly get into overall albums. Which one of the two albums would you listen to as an as an album, or which one of them have you actually heard as an album, start to finish, more number of times? Simple question. Peter, I'm not going to ask you this because you will just say alters again. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like wondering why you're looking at me for yeah. stuff like this. Okay. <laughs> like, Albert, what about you? are just qualified from this question. Albert um, has the stories. <laughs> Albert should go for it. Probably alters. Which one have you spent more? Alters? Probably alters. Probably alters. Um, and it, it isn't necessarily because I don't like Covenant as we, you know, over the last hour mm-hmm. plus assume we've learned that i really really like covenant um and that man i yeah i don't know it's it's they're they're really really close um i guess i have to damn it is this is harder than i thought it would be i didn't think i'd have to pick between the two before it was all over i thought i was just um I guess I go alters, but it is just mm. like by the, by the closest of hairs. It is, it's a photo finish. 
And I don't feel confident in even saying it out loud. Not that I feel confident in saying uh, covenant if I picked it. Mm. Okay. It's, it's alters for me too. That's the, that's the album that I've spun more. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I think it boils down to the flavor of death metal that, you, that you're looking for, right? If you're looking for intensity and brutality, you'll go with Covenant each and every time because it delivers on that front. It is the more intense album. Mm. Alters gives you that and more. It gives you more flavors. It gives you more to choose from. It gives you different song styles. It gives you the thrash element. It gives you, it just gives you more than regular death metal. Right? right, so it makes for a more, uh, not just accessible, but also a more fun listen. If you were the only metalhead in a car and you only had two these two albums to play along with you in the car, you would put on alters because there's more things for you to talk about than uh, Covenant. Mm. That's a filter that I'm using. So yeah, for me, that's why it's <laughs> alters. <laughs> Unless you only play, only you keep on playing like Narmataru and God of Emptiness <laughs> as loop. <laughs> my, my son wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> okay, then clearly you're you're getting your son to be you follow in your footsteps. No, I have to listen to Alters. No, no, I said my son wouldn't appreciate getting spooked out by that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So more points towards Alters. Let's talk artwork. Which one of the two has the better artwork? Peter. Come on, man. <laughs> like, I, I, Alters, I, fine. Yeah. Dancing in Grave, come on. That, that's some iconic... I mean, you, you see that anywhere and you know that's Morbid Angel. I mean, I, I would even go to the extent that... Okay, wait, I'm going to stop. I want to hear Albert's story on this. <laughs> so... I'm with you that it's alters, but a friend of mine <laughs> um, for has forever altered the way that I look at this album cover. Um, and I'm going to pass this along and curse you. Oh, no. It. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it, like, if you put them side by side, like, I mean, I remember thinking Covenant at the time when I got it was like um, mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in retrospect, it looks kind of cheesy and not super well executed. Um, it's still like, as for a Morbid Angel cover goes, the bar is pretty low since their cover art is generally atrocious. So it's like, it's definitely on the higher end of like Morbid Angel covers covenant. But it's, there's just like kind of too much going on, not difficult it's difficult to focus on one thing the art director could have used um could have reined it in a little um alters of madness is is iconic obviously um but my dear friend jeff walker of carcass once referred to this <laughs> as morbid angels mad magazine album cover <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> I've not been able to unsee that for about 20 years. Um, <laughs> oh my God, Jeff Walker. <laughs> that said, I um, I still think I go, I go, I go with more. Dan Seagrave is 
uh, I mean, he is a legend. He is the man. No disrespect to, to Ed Repka um, and the early death stuff. But to me, it's Dan Seagrave who set the bar for what a death metal album cover should look like. Um, you know, the fact that Dan and I are friends probably colors it a little bit and that, <laughs> you know, and, and that he actually painted the cover of um, the revised version of Choosing Death. I won't deny that I'm partial in some ways, but also like, I'm pretty sure even without that, it, it would, you know, you would end up going back to, to altars. I mean, just if you want, if you want to do the simplest of tests, how many covenant tattoos have you seen versus how many altars of madness tattoos? Have you, seen? you can't really, I mean, what, what part of the covenant album cover do you tattoo, right? <laughs> right. Like, Oh, the quail. Is that like, is there one of those on there? Like the ink blots? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I'll try and sum this up in, in with two perspectives and this stems from reading somewhere that uh, the band wanted Covenant to look mature, right? Um, so here's my first take, which is if you evaluate the two album covers, which one is more morbid angel? Clearly it's Alters, right? No, no question about it. Uh, which one of the two would you actually can you actually bring back home and not have a conversation about and sneak into your room? It's Covenant. Um, maybe that's what the band was going for with the mature thing because Covenant had all this hype around it and because they were on Giant, it had so much more media presence and promotion about it that the band wanted you to feel safe while listening to this record or bringing it home or buying it at the store. Maybe. That's just my... Uh, kind of way to explain why they did what they did on Covenant. Also, yeah, like full points to them to dabble with photography rather than just illustration again. But as an album art, which one would I wear on a t-shirt? You can't wear Covenant on a t-shirt. So you, yeah, it, it has to be alters. Which one is more iconic? Which one is more about the band? Which one helps you visualize what the band is? It's definitely alters. So yeah, I'll give my vote to alters as well. Cool. So it's almost like a clean sweep now at the end, but we still have two points to discuss. The first one being production. Which one of the two production styles do you prefer? I'll lay this out. I loved the, um, again, the oral intensity and the heights or the peak uh, to which Covenant raises to. And that's a masterful job. I think that's what Brutal Death Metal is supposed to sound like. But I enjoy the... Um, looseness and the jamminess and the slight um hey this is our studio debut album and we are still pretty we're still a little bit unsure of how everything works so we just want to try and sound as close to a live band as possible mm-hmm. appeal of alters so um at this moment on this day i'm picking alters but yeah if i'm in a mood for brutality i'll pick covenant Peter. I'm actually, you know, honestly, <laughs> and this is the first pick I'm going to give for Covenant. Finally. Had, the, the reason <laughs> being is, and I, I guess it's also because I the version I heard, right? Uh, Imagine, you know, that the Covenant production with the kind of songs that you had on Alter. Uh, oh, of wow. Okay. I, I'm not sure it would work. 
But I'm just, I'm just saying, like in, in terms of like I, uh, and this is again now. If I have to like listen mm-hmm. back to, and kind of see, I, I, I kind of liked the uh, Covenant production. Please, Albert. I, I hope, I hope at least on this we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. No disrespect to, uh, to the Morris brothers, but Fleming Rasmussen. I mean, with a with an extreme metal record. It's yeah, it's, 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 it, to me, I, again, there's something about the, the, the full presentation of covenant is so, you know, we use the word mature, but it's also so professional and it's easy to forget um, in 1993, when this record came out, this was on giant records, Morbid Angel had in a lot of, people's minds sold out by going to signing with a major because mm-hmm. the, the, in America, they said there was no Eric logos and nothing to do with Eric. This was 100% um, giant. giant records in, in America. And it was a big deal. And we were concerned that this was going to be like a record where Morbid Angel sold out, uh, softened up their sound. And then you know, when we heard Rapture, because that was a, a video that came out in advance of the record by like a week or two, it was like, oh, I guess they're not fucking around. Um, and that video was also really slick and very like creepy and evil. It was like, it was kind of fucked up. Um, and the whole, that whole presentation of it with like, the fact that that was on a major and they hadn't backed down at all. And yeah, it sounded cleaner and better, but it still sounded heavier, especially coming off, especially coming off um, blessed are the sick, which the production was just never right on that record. It was just like this really dry guitar sound and the drums were all up front and the guitar was buried. So, you know, just keep in mind that just being older and like discovering a lot of this music sequentially, um, you you're kind of along for the ride with the development and seeing where they went with Covenant and hearing where they went with Covenant. I I preferred that because it was just this exciting evolution at the time, and um, you knew that they you knew that they took great care in in what they were doing, and it paid off and. Um, and I don't need to hear, like, I don't need any other Morbid Angel record to sound like Covenant. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear Alters of Madness with a Covenant production. I certainly don't want to hear Covenant with an Alters of Madness production. Mm. Uh, so I think it, I think for me, uh, I, 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 I lean towards Covenant. Cool. Fantastic. Finally, some points for Covenant at the end, but yep. Just as one talking, talking point to go through, which is overall legacy as such of the two albums. Which one is a better fit for the discography? Or if the question largely being, if you had only one album of Morbid Angel that you could listen to for the rest of your life, between these two, which one would you pick? Me? Peter? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) When when I'm pitted against you, no chance. I'm not saying anything. I want to hear, just listen to you. No, I mean, and you know, and Mish, maybe I'll just 
take liberties with the way you presented the question mm-hmm. because I have heard I've heard Alters of Madness so much. Maybe I don't need to hear it for the rest of my life. <laughs> maybe just because That's I haven't heard Covenant. Video. Maybe because I haven't heard Covenant quite as much. Um, I I could survive without Alters because it's it's just encoded in my DNA at this point. Um, and Covenant is still ironically, you know, 28 years later, it's the fresher album <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in, in that respect. And I, and yeah, I think it's just for me, it's just, I'm so familiar with all the, the twists and turns of Alters. And even though I have heard Covenant a ton, um, I think that, and I, it was definitely one of those records that I listened to a lot while writing Choosing Death because there was a whole chapter devoted to the major label deals. Yeah. I remember that. So I think I spent like, you know, with all the earache stuff that came out on Columbia, like Heartwork and Wolverine Blues and Fear Empty Despair. And then in Covenant, like uh, with the giant deal, I think I spent a lot of time with that record. So it kind of like, it had a different level of appreciation further into the catalog. So yeah, in this, you know, the, you're asking me which one would I pick to listen to now going forward? It's probably Covenant. Mm. Peter. I, I, I'm, are you actually asking me this? Yeah, <laughs> Come on. Just wrap it up in a tiny little one sentence. <laughs> Wow. Now, now, now I'm actually thinking after because I've, I liked Altars of Madness so much. I'm just going to go revisit uh, uh, Covenant uh, again. That, that's what I would say. Go for it. Uh, I, I didn't know if you were, if, if you were sitting there um, contemplating a life without Altars of Madness and what that would be like. <laughs> moment. Like, yeah. So just it's like you're, you're just kind of like, it just washes over you. This is a horror. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm one of those guys in the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> go, go for it, Animesh. Um Covenant got more people to discover Altars of Bathus, is what I would like to say. And it's pretty clear then that what my pick is on this question, it is Altars. I think that's a perfect way of saying it. Sometimes popularity helps you discover what the band or is, or is what the band's original vision was. And I think that's the case with, with AOM. Um, there's a lovely, like on a Reddit thread, I found this quote, which kind of sums up at least what I think of Covenant, which is Covenant proved that they could still reach the heights of altars, but still not reach altars itself. And that's a controversial statement because you'll have a lot of Covenant fanboys like clearly, a lot of the a lot of the Indian death metal bands would prefer Covenant. I I I, I can see that, but I don't. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of how many Indian death metal bands can kind of play that. To be honest, not a lot. Not yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, wow, this has been exhaustive. This has been comprehensive. This has been long, but clearly, objectively, at least going by votes. It looks like Alters is the better album between the two. 
And is everybody okay with that decision? I know Peter is. Albert? <laughs> <laughs> I am... I am fine with it. The the truth is I'd have been fine with either coming out on top. Yeah, right? Because as I said in the beginning, it's all excellent quality that metal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what was the point of this exercise? Just to waste <laughs> hours of your life. No, we we want we wanted more stories from Albert. We just wanted to hear about it. <laughs> I mean, I, to me I this mean, exercise is great because we got to just see Peter just you know, remove any kind of uh critical aspects <laughs> process and just be like yeah no fuck it i'm i'm just going with authors again <laughs> i didn't write oh, did i write anything down did i have any defense no my no. defense is on altars <laughs> <laughs> on that note this has been an absolute pleasure but i hope this was as uh, enjoyable for you as it was for us yeah and i completely forgot uh, congratulations on 200 uh, issues of decibel i mean yep in a, in a day and age where everyone's talking uh, digital, 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 you're still keeping that going. So, major props to you, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride, um, and this was also this was a total blast. I I sincerely appreciate the invite. I'm glad we got to do these two records, um, and I didn't have to talk about DSI for an hour. It was perfect. <laughs> well, if you want to do that, no, no, cannibal, cannibal corpse, please, cannibal corpse. <laughs> I want to hear cannibal corpse stories next. <laughs> we'll lay that up for the next one, maybe, maybe not, depending on all of our schedules. So, you know how it is. Anyways, with that, it's a wrap on Horns Up this week. As always, you can uh, find us at hornsupport.com or on Twitter at hornsupport. Uh, I'm on Twitter only at Asmohani. I'm at Trend Crusher. And Albert, do you want to plug in your social media or how people can find you? Or does in, everyone in, in the metal world already know that? If don't you don't, me on social media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just follow Decibel. Um, surely you can find it on all the stuff we're on, which is the basics Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. I don't know how to use Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Horns Up. Horns Up, guys.